Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew, chapter 6, beginning to read at verse 9. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. This is the Gospel of Christ. Praise to you, O Lord. May I speak in the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Just want to begin with my story. Today we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 to 15. And I want to encourage you to keep your Bibles handy as we study together. I was posted to a new church. And in our culture, we used to sing a song in a service that would give the congregation opportunity to greet each other by your side and tell him or her that Jesus loves you. To my greatest surprise, someone in the front seat bypassed one person and went and greet the second person. I said to myself that something is wrong here. After the final blessing, I sang this song again to see if she should greet the woman by her side. And she did the same. After the service, I called her to have a word with her because I'm quite new to the church and I wanted to know if there is any problem. She said to me, because you are new and I don't want you to have a problem in this church, I will tell you everything you need to know about this church. You see this woman, she is the problem we are having in this church. She fights for position. She always in the vicarage reporting to the vicar. She claims to know too much and don't want to step down from her post as president of women wing. It was amazing how this woman could carry that hatred to church without solving it for so long. The first question I asked her was, did you mention this to the former vicar? She said yes, but he did nothing because he was in support of her. Now, what do you think I should do? I asked. She kept quiet. Do I keep quiet and allow malice or bitterness to continue or call them to order? 
I said to the woman, I would like to see you in the vicarage on Tuesday after Bible study, if okay. And she said, fine. Then I make inquiry to see the other woman in question and invited her to come over on the same date with the other woman and both met in my vicarage with a shock. I said, sit down. Let us trash this issue out now and forever. With the help of the Holy Spirit, all my staying in that parish was great, seeing both of them working together as a team in my church, and no quarrel or marriage anymore. If God can do it to these women, he can do it for you. Reconciliation is the goal. Go and reconcile with one another and make peace. According to the Bible, we are to forgive others. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32 declares, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ. God forgive you. Similarly to Colossians chapter 3 verse 13 proclaims, Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. The key in both scriptures is that we are to forgive others as God has forgiven us. So the question here for us is, how can I forgive Somebody help me there. It's not working. Then let's try, yes. So the question here for us is how can I forgive when it hurts so much? How can I forgive when it hurts so much? Why do we find it difficult to forgive? Why do we live in a society that celebrates the people that are being unforgiving? The harder you are, the tougher you are. The more unforgiving you are, the more you celebrate it. Some take pride to say that I'm a strong woman or man. I'm not an easy person to deal with. We celebrate for their anger. The truth is that the offenses must come. You cannot avoid it. But the level in which you manage the tension is what makes you a Christian, a child of God. Bible says, to whom much is given, much is expected. You can't get much given if you can't give much required. There was an incident that happened in Bradford in August 2015. I know many of you must have seen it on the BBC News. A teacher who was stabbed by a 14-year-old in a classroom has said he feared he would die after the attack. Speaking to BBC News, I quote, Vincent Ozoma said he prayed, God, don't let me die. As he ran to look for help, 
after being stabbed in the stomach. The boy who cannot be named has been sentenced to 11 years detention for the attack at Diskin King's Academy in Bradford on 11th of June. Mr. Zoma, who was 50 then, said he was still too traumatized to return to teaching. I was just thinking, is it my time to die? Is this my last hour? I didn't say goodbye to my wife, my little kids, he said. Mr. Zoma said he did not realize what had happened until he saw the knife being pulled out from his stomach. I looked around for help, and there was nobody around. I felt if I stayed in the classroom, probably the worst would happen. And I started feeling cold inside. So I held it tightly and started running towards the reception. I just prayed, God, don't let me die. I was really frightened, but Mr. Zoma said, although the attack had cost him and his family pain, he still felt some sympathy for the boy and had forgiven him. Isn't that amazing? Even in the midst of this, refusing to truly forgive a person demonstrates resentment bitterness and anger, none of which are the threats of a true Christian. In the Lord's Prayer, we ask God to forgive us our sins, just as we forgive those who sin against us. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 to 15, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. In light of other scriptures that speaks of God's forgiveness, Matthew chapter 6 verse 14 to 15 is best understood to be saying that people who refuse to forgive others have not truly experienced God's forgiveness themselves. Whenever we disobey one of God's commands, we sin against him. Whenever we wrong another person, we not only sin against that person, but also against God. When we consider the extent to which God forgives all our transgressions, we realize that we do not have the right to withhold this grace from others. We have sinned against God infinitely, more than any person can sin against us. If God forgives us of so much, how can we refuse to forgive others? Of so little. We judge people a lot, isn't it? We criticize a lot, isn't it? Many of us have struggled with unforgiveness for years and it's hard to let go. 
or shake it off. Some see people and hate them without any offense. Have you experienced that? Simply because they are black, white, or Asian. Some have hated people based on their background, culture. In the course of my ministry as a priest, I have been there. I have been rejected to take funeral because my name doesn't sound British, does it not? I've been there. Sometimes people see you. You haven't done anything wrong to them, but they don't like you. Hatred, bitterness, unforgiveness has become tradition today. Where is Christian love? We celebrate it. But he said, when we pray, Father, forgive us our sins. As we forgive those who sin against us, we are assuring God that we are capable to forgive as we receive forgiveness from him. We are telling God because he forgive us, we forgive others, even though it hurts. Even though it's difficult to forgive. One thing for sure for every child of God is that we are on a journey, isn't it? We're going somewhere. And we're going to see Jesus one day. And it's not about your background. It's not about your race. It's not about your color. We're going to be there. One God. Isn't that amazing? And I want to encourage you, my brothers and sisters, this morning, to forgive people in case you ever need forgiveness. Now, this next question there, Tristan, you're going to help me again? I think you might look at the battery. Yeah, good. Did Jesus put price tags on forgiveness in verse 14? And 15. No is the answer. Jesus declares that God loves you like a father. He holds nothing against you. And he longs for his son and daughters to come home. It is the good news. The world desperately needs to hear. So why did Jesus say this? For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. You must answer God's forgiveness through works of forgiveness. Whoever claims that's in 1 John chapter 4, verse 20. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister 
whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. Isn't that true? That's the Bible. The word of God cannot be changed. Today we have a lot of people who get, try to remove some parts from the scripture to suit them. But the word of God is true. And we must heed to the word of God. And Paul wrote in Colossians chapter 3 verse 13, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And that's the proper order. God acts, then we respond. But if we don't respond, it's as if God never acted. Now we begin to see the connection from this passage. If we don't believe God has forgiven us, then Christ died for nothing. The death of Jesus on the cross will not make sense to you if we cannot forgive. And I want to challenge you this morning to forgive that person, no matter what he did. That's what Jesus is saying here. In the Lord's Prayer, we now begin to see the connection. You can't get forgiveness from God, for instance, without also forgiving others. If you refuse to do your part, you cut yourself off from God's part. That's the clear picture from this passage. We say the Lord's Prayer every Sunday, isn't it? If I'm not mistaken. Or every day in our own prayers. But we need to look deeper into that verse and see exactly what God is saying. Unforgiveness is a form of bondage. That is the truth. And we come to church, we wave hands, we smile, but inside us, we're still harboring the spirit of unforgiveness. And it's very dangerous. And that is why on the last day you'll be surprised to see a lot of people that you are not even imagined that will be in hellfire. Bishops, pastors, those who you thought they are more spiritual, more sanctimonious, you will see them there. I'm looking forward to that day because it's going to be a very surprising moment to see. Those that you thought that would be there will be the other way. Because God is the judge, not human. Unforgiveness is a form of bondage. It is a grace killer. If you are unable to release forgiveness to others, you will have trouble experiencing the forgiveness that God has given to you. It is not that God will become unloving and travel back through time and stop Jesus from carrying your sins on the cross. God never changes. But if you don't respond to what he has done, it's as if he had never done anything. 
Grace without faith is worthless. Jesus' parable in Matthew chapter 18, verses 23 to 35, is a powerful illustration, which I will encourage you to read in your own time. Matthew chapter 18, verses 23 to 35, is a powerful illustration of this truth. In the parable, Jesus tells the story of a king who forgives an indebted servant. But the servant is unchanged by the king's grace. By choosing to remain graceless and unforgiving, the servant reveals his content for the gift and the giver. He does not forgive as the Lord forgave you. Instead, he scorns grace and ends up miserable. And whenever you stand praying, you see Mark chapter 11, verse 25 to 26. It says, whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. That is scriptural. It's in the Bible. So the question here is, has someone hurt you? Has someone hurt you? Are you the victim of an unforgivable crime? And I want to encourage you, by the grace of God, you can be free from that wound. Don't hold on to the sins of others like the unforgiving servant. The flow of grace will be poisoned by the bitter root. Let go of sin and take hold of grace. Be better, not bitter. That's the truth. See the cross. See what Jesus did for you over 2,000 years ago. And forgive that person. Don't hold it for so long. Remember, Jesus is coming. We might not see what you are doing behind the closed door. But God Almighty sees. Because he's everywhere. You cannot hide away from him. If you run to the east, God is there. To the west, God is to the south and north, God is there. You cannot run away from him. Search your heart. There's a phrase we use. We always say, is there any skeleton in your cupboard? Search your heart. And get rid of it. Sometimes we do mess up, isn't it? Next slide, please. Isn't it? Sometimes we messed up. And we see our past as a bridge. In the Bible, the word forgive literally means to send away. Your sin hasn't been overlooked. It has been abolished, put away, and removed. Neither has God put away your sins in the same way that you might put your rubbish 
in a bin by the back door, close by and smelly. He has removed them from you as far as the east is from the west. And that is Psalm 103, verse 12. If we were to go looking for your sins, you wouldn't find them. They are gone. They have all been blotted out, according to Isaiah chapter 44, verse 22. So don't feel bad about it. Confess and talk to God. He will forgive you. He will. We are in the nature of keeping record of all the bad things John did to me or Peter. But God doesn't act that way. He forgives. He doesn't keep record. But there's one thing. The next slide, please. But there's one thing. When you sin against someone, your relationship with that person comes under strain. There is this thing that comes between the two of you. To be reconciled, you need to deal with the thing. Jesus said, if you are bringing your gift to the altar and you remember your brother has done something against you, go and deal with that thing. He also said, if your brother sins against you seven times in a day and seven times says, I repent, forgive him. Send that thing away. All this we know and understand. But here is the thing. God is not like you or me. He doesn't wait for you to act before he does his thing. With your thing. That thing that was between you and him. Your sin. He has already dealt with it. He has already forgiven you. To forgive literally means to send away. And on the cross that Jesus, the sin of the world, were sent away. Jesus paid the price. He did it for us. Forgiveness is not something to sell, but something to give. Jesus said the forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name. And that's exactly what Peter in Acts chapter 5 verse 31 and Paul in Acts chapter 13 verse 38 and other apostles did. They proclaimed the good news of forgiveness. Psalm chapter 32 verse 1 says, Happy are those whose sins are forgiven, whose wrongs are pardoned. Jesus forgives people. Next slide, please. Have you ever noticed how Jesus went around forgiving people who never asked for forgiveness, nor deserve it? A paralyzed man is brought to him in Matthew chapter 9 verse 2. Everyone watches for the physical healing, but Jesus says to this man, take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. A woman caught in adultery is brought to him for judgment. Jesus has famously said, 
that lawbreakers are in danger of hellfire. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 29. And this woman is a bona fide lawbreaker. But instead of picking up rock or stones, Jesus says, I don't condemn you in John chapter 8, verse 11. So why did Jesus do that? Why did he forgive the sick and the sinful? Because if sin is the root of man's problem, then forgiveness is the axe to cut the root. Isn't it? Once Jesus had dealt with the root, he dealt with the fruit. The paralyzed man was healed. The adulterer was empowered to go and sin no more. Forgiveness is the gift everyone needs. It's the gift that we all need. When Jesus said, forgive 70 times 7, he's not after the answer to the number. 70 times 7, 490. Jesus is not after the number. What Jesus wants from us is to let go as soon as you get offended. Be able to settle it immediately. Don't allow it to build up on you and become a tradition or way of life. Isn't that what we see today? Whatever or whoever did it does not matter. And don't allow history or past about your destiny or sabotage your testimony. We need to shake it off. Let it go. Forgive. Forgive him. And I want to close with this story. Someone once told the story of how deeply hurt he was when a friend he trusted deceived him. For several months, he laid awake at night, going over the friendship, looking for signs of the deception, and coming up with many. If only I had said this. If only I had done that. And berating himself for being so gullible. The offender was not affected at all. But the person who was hurt was suffering alone. The symptoms of prolonged stress were beginning to show. He went on to tell of one day that he had God speak almost audibly to him. There were just two words. Forgive him. Forgive him. He did and sent an email to the offender telling him what he had done and how hot he had been by his deceitful behavior. But that he had now unconditionally forgave him. He was immediately released from the stress of thinking about that incident. And the benefit to him was enormous. So the question for us this morning, to ponder, to think, is, is there someone you need to forgive? Is there someone you need to forgive? Maybe here in this church, in your family, friends, relatives, 
he or she may not deserve it. That is irrelevant. But as long as, please the last slide, but as long as an offender is not forgiven by you, he or she has power over you. Isn't that true? You have to release yourself. Distress yourself. Lay it down at the feet of the cross. And watch the almighty God deliverance. He's capable of doing it. He will. Psalm 50 verse 15 says, Call me in the time of trouble and I will deliver you. If you're struggling with unforgiveness here this morning, you can bring it to Jesus. There is nothing too hard for him to do. You remember how many times you asked for forgiveness to God? He always forgive you. He never bargained for it. It's only us, we humans. We place a condition to it. I don't want to do it. I want you to give me some time. Let me think about it. What are you thinking about? To forgive somebody? As long as an offender is not forgiven by you, he or she has power over you. Think about it. You reflect. Remember, we don't come here on Sunday morning just to sit down. Okay? We're, we are here to worship the Almighty God who sees what is beyond human comprehension. And if you know there is a better place than here, you must take your Christian life seriously. You don't need to joke with it. Because you don't want to miss heaven. Jesus told his disciples in John chapter 14, verses 1 to 3, Let not your heart be in trouble. In my father's house there are many mansions. If not so, I would have told you, I'm going up there to prepare a place for you. When I come back, I will take you so that where I am, there you will be also a better place than here. And if there's a better place than here, you must do everything within you to forgive somebody and to be there. You don't want to miss heaven, do you? Let us pray. Just in a moment, think about your relationship. Is there somebody you need to forgive? Is there somebody you need to forgive? After the service today, go and make peace with that person. Go. Even if you are not the one who is at fault, go. And apologize. Go and make peace. That is the mark 
of every child of God. That is the reason. That is why you are a child of God. Go and make peace with that person. And Father, we thank you for your word this morning. The Bible says that the entrance of your word brings life. Help us, Lord Jesus, to be the doers of your word and not only the hearers. And help us to be ready when you come. Lord Jesus, we all want to see you face to face, Lord. We want to see you, Jesus. We don't want to miss heaven, Lord. We pray for your grace to help us. Give us that grace to forgive one another. Grace, Lord, to make peace with one another. For in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.